really uh, glad that you're here today, and we're thankful that a gentleman is going to speak to us today that spent quite a bit of time of his life in prison, but not what you think. He spends quite a bit of his, in fact, he was in prison on Saturday. He called me and said, I'm in prison until 5. But he's not there because he has to be. He's there because he wants to be. All right? His name is Vernon. We call him Yago. Yago Williams. Come on up, Yago. Did I out you by yeah. calling you, did I out you, by calling Good. you Vernon? He went full government on me. <laughs> <laughs> love you, man. Love you, too. Love you, love you, love you. Morning, gentlemen. Morning, gentlemen. Man, y'all sound so tired. I can't believe this. This is pathetic. That, <laughs> pathetic. Uh, a lot of y'all know that I'm on a member of a team called the Conquerors. We go around smashing bricks and ripping phone books, preaching the gospel. And we, we are often uh, in elementary schools where we ask, you know, are you guys ready to have some fun? And, and man, I'm telling you, the Filipino elementary school kids, they hit us with a level 10. And I'm saying y'all was right around a 3.5 there. I want you guys to sound like some leaders, like you're awake this morning. Good morning, gentlemen. All right, all right, all right. That's what I'm talking about. I want you guys to be awake. I want you to be awake. I want you to stay awake. Stay awake, man. Stay awake. Uh, like uh, Pastor Bernie said, um, I do a lot of prison ministry stuff. Uh, for the last three years, I've been uh, leading our prison ministry here, and it's just been phenomenal. It's been awesome. Love it. And uh, actually, it was prophesied over me. Um, I'm, in, um, I'm from Washington, D.C., from the hood, and uh, it was prophesied over me that I was going to do that. You know, they, they, I remember one of my teachers in elementary school, she was like, young man with an attitude like that, you're going to end up in prison. And um, she was right. No, guys, I wanted to talk to you about being awake and staying awake, man. Um, a few people from our prison ministry are here, so they've, they've heard a little bit about this. Uh, because, uh, you know, when I was, like, creating a lot of the uh, uh, marketing stuff for, for prison ministry, I put a lot of it on Facebook. And I'm always, like, looking for, for things to put on it about the prison ministry and all this and all that. And... and um, that one scripture everybody seems to love so much that you, you visited me when I was in prison. One, You know, like when I was naked, you clothed me. When, you know, Jesus is saying, when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was in prison, you came to visit me. And that's a good one. That's good. <clears throat> if it's on your, if it's on your um, uh, refrigerator, keep it there. <laughs> keep it there. That's not, the, that's not the scripture that I think of when I... Uh, Thank you for being late, young man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Better late than nothing. See, this is a guy that's always awake. This is a guy that's always awake. That's not the scripture I think of. The scripture I think of when I think about the prison deal, it, it, uh, since I've been involved in this prison ministry, I, 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 uh, I remember sitting down with a, a young man who's uh, he's, he's going away for about 25 years, at least, he's gone, 25 years. I do a lot of stuff at the Kent County Jail, and for the most part, if somebody's getting time served or they got a year or less, then that's where they're going to be. Um, I can go down there, visit them, you know, pray with them, and all that kind of stuff. It's great. It's awesome. 
especially if they're not going to be there for a very long time or if they're coming out. You know, we have a lot of our stuff is like plugged into a lot of reentry type uh, programs. So we're like, you know, really excited about, you know, being able to help this person and this and that. But I remember being uh, looking at a young man who's uh, looking at 25. And I was like, man, I was like, you know what? Uh, I don't know where once you get sentenced, I don't know where they're going to send you. But wherever they send you, we're going to be there for you, man. We're going we're to figure it out. We're going we're gonna to write you. We're going to get hooked up on JPay. You know, hopefully our prison ministry team will develop a, a, a ministry team at that prison and you'll be able to get plugged in. You know, this is, a, this is a long, long road that you're looking at. And he's got tears in his eyes. I've been talking to him, his family, and praying with him. Haven't been able to see him the last two weeks. Been just so slammed with the conquerors and school assemblies and, and stuff we got going on. So why is it that that scripture is not the one that I think of? <clears throat> For anybody that has a Bible in here, Luke 22, starting in 39. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation, he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Let's stop right there. I'm not here to step on anybody's uh, theological toes when somebody is going through a, a, a situation that's got them terrified, that's got them scared out of their wits. And they're like, hey, man, can you pray for me? And somebody will pray for you. And then, and then we have a, Christians have a very dismissive attitude towards somebody else's fears. And we do something that is like, oh, man, if you're going, what, how, how's it say? I, I know the heart behind it is really good, but it hits my ears different, and it has everything to do with this scripture. It's, it's a, if you're gonna, if you're gonna worry about it, don't pray. But if you're gonna pray, don't worry. Okay, sounds good. Keep it on your refrigerator. Don't bring it to my door. And the reason why is because Jesus is afraid in this scripture. I don't know what it says in your Bible, but this is what it says in mine. And I read it in in uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it's talk about the terror of Jesus. And in this scripture in particular, it says that an a he, uh, an angel from heaven appeared to him. Who? Appeared to who? Jesus. Appeared to Jesus and strengthened him. Okay? So we know that Jesus is the son of God. We know that he's all three things. He's God. He is man. It's Holy Spirit. The man needed to be needed to be strengthened. So the angel of the Lord strengthened him. So if, so if Jesus needed strength from the angel, why wouldn't I need one when I'm going through hell? And when I'm leaning on my brother who I'm thinking is going to have my back, and he said, hey, man, if you're going to pray about it, don't worry, because this is stressing me out. This is stressing me out. Oh, I get it. This ain't important to you. I feel you. I, I understand that. I understand that. Jesus had something called I'm going to chop this word up. But Jesus had something called. 
loaded down. Hematidrosis. Hematidrosis. You ever embarrass a girl? White girl. Let's just go white. Because, brothers, we don't, we don't tend to turn red, do we? We might get purple. But you embarrass a white girl, you get a little flush in the, you know, a little bit of red cheeks, rosy red cheeks. <clears throat> it's because of blood vessels. Is, you know, that blood's coming to the surface. Jesus had a condition that is very rare. When the body is placed under enough stress, the blood actually makes it to the pores and starts coming out. Now, normally when people get embarrassed or they get stressed, you can see their ears turn red, they get a little excited, something like that. But that wasn't the case here. Jesus is sweating blood. One of the descriptions of this scripture talks about how Jesus fell face down because he was overcome with fear. And it says, uh, being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. Oh, okay. Uh, this is what Jesus says. He says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will be done, but yours. And an angel appeared from him, and, uh, an angel of heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly as the sweat like drops of blood is falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer, he went back to the disciples and found them asleep, as exhausted and sorrowful. Why are you sleeping? He asked them, get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Now, in Luke, it just describes it just the one time. But in the other accounts of this, he did that three times. He prayed the same prayer three times. He came back. These guys were asleep all three times. I don't need people like that in my life. I don't need them. Um, We need to be awake. We need to stay awake. And we often pull from the scripture from very, very awesome uh, examples of failures and find out what we should have done better. Because I don't think any of us are saying that, you know, are cheering for David with what happened with him and Bathsheba. However, we always refer to him with, with the scripture says, he's a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he, when he was ready to repent, man. Yeah, I, I screwed it up. I screwed it up. I messed it up. I set my man Uriah up, and he's gone. I nailed his wife. That's a problem. She got pregnant. There, there's, there's, all, there's all kinds of failures in that, in that scenario. And there's failures throughout uh, Paul. You know, we, we, we talk about what Paul does because he, he, he wrote a lot of the New Testament. But then we also talk about what happened before the scales fell off of his eyes, right? Am I tracking? You guys with me? Okay. So we learn these things. So what are we supposed to learn there, in my opinion? Like when I'm looking at this young man that's facing 25 years, I'm like, listen, man, I get it. You're about to go off and face something, and I have no idea what the judge is going to say. But when you come back, I won't be asleep. I'm going to be asleep, man. I'm going to be right here praying with you. Because when Jesus is talking to God, he's like, hey, Dad, if there's any way that this, this thing could go past me, I am all for that. However, not my will be done, your will be done. I'm willing to do what you want, no matter what it means to me. 
And so when I think about some scriptures where I'm like, you know, what does it say about it? In Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 17, 7, 17, 17, it says, a, love, a friend loves in all times, but a brother is born for adversity. Like his purpose, your brother, his purpose in your life is adversity. He's down to ride with you no matter how dark this road gets. And he won't fall asleep. You see, when I think about that scripture, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm just imagining, why are these guys falling asleep? Why are they falling asleep? And so, I'm, I'm so glad it was Jesus that, that has had those words to say to them, because it would have it been a little different if it had come out of my mouth. If it had came out of my mouth, I come back and you asleep. I'm going here to talk to the Father on your behalf, and you're sleeping. I'm about to take this cross tomorrow, but you're asleep. This doesn't matter. You're not, you're not stressed out about this. This doesn't matter to you. This doesn't matter to you. I'm the one about to take the cross tomorrow. I can see why you're asleep, because the nails aren't going through your hands. You're not the one that's going to confront hell for the next 72 hours. That's why you're asleep. So hold on, hold on. What do you mean to tell me? Hold on. Let's, let's, let's look at that and look at the applications here. Oh, so I understand why you didn't answer your phone at 2 o'clock in the morning. It's not your marriage that's on the line. You're asleep. This ain't important to you. I understand why you didn't answer your phone, why you couldn't text me back, because it's not your daughter who's slicing her wrists. It's stressing me out. Oh, you're asleep. I get it. This ain't important to you. My stress ain't important to you. Whatever I'm going through is not important to you. It says that a brother is born in adversity, for adversity. There are very few people that I allow to call me brother. I'm not even close to kidding. We could be friends. We could be coworkers. We could be all those things. Don't dare call me brother. I have a, a very short list of people that I call 4 o'clock in the morning people. Very short list of people that I call four and o'clock in the morning people. And I uh, answered my, um, my phone early in the morning. Uh, it was a text from a, from a, a friend who's, and she's just going through it. She's going through it like crazy. She ended up in the hospital, sent me pictures of all the cuts she did. And I'm like, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you call? Don't text me. You, get, you call, call, call. Wake me up, man. You're on the four o'clock list. You're on the four o'clock list. Don't go through that alone. I'm a brother that's built for adversity. Not just because I can bench a lot. I'm a brother that's built for adversity. We got some people in here that, are, that I know are on my 4 o'clock list. Like there's been some, some serious times when I know that somebody's going through something and they can call, or I, I'm going through something and I can call. I know that there are some people that are absolutely not on the 4 o'clock list. They aren't in the 4 o'clock in the afternoon list. I came to the very harsh reality when I, when I came into this, into this meeting 11 years ago when me and my wife was about to get a divorce. I found out the very hard way that there are people that call themselves Christian that have a very strict schedule, very strict blessing schedule, a very, very strict blessing schedule. See, I'm going to need your chaos to fall within a certain parameter. You know, nine in the morning to five o'clock, I'm at work, so you can't call me, all right? Please don't call me. And then, and then 530 to about 7.30, well, that's family time. 
you know, so please don't call me. And then, uh, you know, at, uh, from then on, I'm, I'm tucking the kids in. And then it's late. Come on, you're just being rude at this point. You're calling me because you got to talk about something that's stressing you out. You, you're being rude. You're taking away from a, from a family. It was a number of years ago, um, a guy that used to, uh, uh, he was a pastor here. He, he's, he's moved on. Uh, before he became a pastor here, he, he uh, got a phone call. It was uh, Thanksgiving. And I don't know if anybody's familiar, but there's a couple of adult beverages that are enjoyed on Thanksgiving. Right. Oh, is it the night before? All right, see, sinner. <laughs> Why you know that? You ain't supposed to know that. <clears throat> a brother had to be built for adversity. I got a phone call. Hey, Yago, we got somebody down here that, uh, that I know... <laughs> I know he's married, so I need you to, uh, to get down here because things is getting kind of sideways. I called a couple other uh, Christian brothers, and uh, they was like, yeah, man, uh, I don't know what to tell you, um, you know, uh, but I'm, I'm busy. I'm like, wow, this dude's marriage is on the line. He is drunk. He has no idea what he's doing. So I knew where he was, and I knew that there were some guys that were going to be there that wasn't going to like seeing me. So I drove down there with my workout gloves, and I told him that you're coming with me one way or another. And so until I went down there, got him, and he, his wife, me, and my wife stood in their kitchen until like 8 in the morning until they, their marriage was resolved and saved. See? Proverbs 27, 5 through 6, it says, open rebuke is uh, better than carefully, or love carefully concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but kisses of an enemy are deceitful. One of the translations says that an enemy comes to multiply kisses. It's like your enemy is here to, to just make sure that you remain deceived. Make sure that you remain to see. see. See, some people don't want you to know what God has designed you for. Some people don't want you to know what God has designed you for. And I was, I was thinking really quickly about when, when uh, we were talking about this at, uh, at our welcome home on uh, Friday night. We were talking about when Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb. When Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb, uh, and I, I, isn't it funny how you can read some things so many times, but you never really, you, you, some, something else would just step out, just catch, it would catch your eye. And, uh, and uh, this guy, he's a great, great, great uh, pastor uh, who volunteers with our uh, prison ministry team. His name is Greg. Uh, you guys are going uh, to get to know him pretty soon, uh, Greg Amunga. Awesome dude. And he, he, he pointed out something that when, 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 uh, when Lazarus came out, he was wrapped like a mummy. He was, and he'd been dead for, you know how long Jesus was dead? How long was Jesus dead for? How long was Lazarus dead for? Four. <laughs> he said he's been dead for four days. I was like, dang, that's, like, come on, man. You could have showed up 24 hours earlier. <laughs> could have hooked the brother up. But, it, but uh, it says that when Jesus called him out of that tomb, he's wrapped up in these, in these, uh, in these, ra- these rags, and then Jesus told them to un to undo the rags. And, and what, what Greg had pointed out that I didn't catch all this time, it's like, it's like when, when Jesus calls you 
out of the tomb, when he calls you away from dead stuff, when he calls you away from sin, when he calls you away from an old life, a dead life, when he calls you into newness, he has other people take those rags off you. It's like, it's like he sends a team towards you. Like he sends the people to you. You know, everybody that was when I, when I was selling drugs and doing drugs and street fighting and all that kind of stuff, that was a dead life that Jesus was calling me away from. But when he was calling me away from it, he's like, man, you know, Yago ain't, ain't walking the way I wanted him to because his, his, hand, his hands and his legs are restricted. He's, he's not moving the way I'm supposed need, to. I need somebody to, to get around him, help take those things off. He, and at that time, it was, it was my boy Donnie Bailey. He was like, hey, Donnie, won't you, won't you take this rag off him? And then at that time, it was, uh, it was Mike Benson, and it was like, and it's still Mike Benson. That dude's like, argh just ripping stuff off. But uh, anyway, it's <laughs> he's a violent guy. Um, <laughs> but, but, it's like, but it's like God will send you people. He will send you people. He will send you a brother that's built for adversity. He'll send you a brother that's built for adversity. Somebody that's there for you no matter how dark it gets. I found out the, a very hard way of what it, what it looked like. Um, it, we had my son, and then we had uh, a miscarriage, and we have a daughter, and then there were some issues there, but she ended up all good, and we had another miscarriage, but then we had the third, third baby was like in real, real trouble. Uh, Piper, she's good to go. She's, <laughs> she's a spitfire, but she spent, she spent about 11 days in the NICU, and at the NICU, during that time, we didn't know how bad this was going to get, and it was so interesting not any of my brothers <laughs> came down to the hospital. Hey, you guys all right? None of that. Instead, some of my massage clients from the chiropractic office, they just came. They were like, hey, man, you know, are you guys all right? Do you need anything? People were coming and, and making dinner and just bringing it up to the hospital. And it was just like, it was like, man, we're sitting in the NICU, and it's like, yeah, this is it. This is, this is the most important thing, you know. But I understand. I understand why everybody else falling asleep, you know. I understand that. This ain't your baby that's hooked up to these machines. So I understand that. It's my baby that's hooked up to these machines. So are you asleep? <sighs> if a relationship is based on convenience, it is not based on authenticity. I know that I can call Mark at 2 in the morning. Something's going on. If me and Melissa are having, uh, what is it, intense fellowship. <laughs> and I could call Mark and be like, I can't stand this, blah, blah, blah. Because I can't do that to her. <laughs> I can't, ah. Something like this. You're right. Absolutely. Mark, I can't believe this girl. God, you designed her. He's like, yes, because you're an idiot. Trust her. Okay, you're right. You're absolutely right. So does somebody need you to be awake? Does somebody need you to be awake? You got to think about, think about your life and your circle. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to be everything to everybody. It's just not realistic. It's just not realistic. But is there somebody in your life that needs you to stay awake? Like, is there a marriage that's on the rocks right now? 
If there's a marriage on the rocks right now, believe me, believe me, believe me. God showed me all of the stuff that me and my wife went through. I thought for sure that the devil was the, I'm the only one that he's looking to take out. No, nah, man. No, nah, man. He attacks my wife too. You think I'm special? I'm not special. So when she comes back from talking to God, guess who ain't sleeping? It ain't me. I'm not sleeping. Because whatever you're going through, it's important to me. I want to know what's going on. The only reason why we made it is because every time I went out to talk to the father and I came back to talk to Melissa, she was wide awake. Got something going, your friends got something going on with their kids, they need to puke on you, like, oh, man, can you just listen to me? Man, if, it's, if, you, if your chaos could fall on Saturday during halftime, <laughs> I got you. But anything else, I, I cannot be bothered. I can't be bothered. I... Uh, I place a whole lot on this, and I think the last time, I, I, I have to make sure I say this every single time I, 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 I point this out, but, um, so don't do this, but when I go to the, the Lord over something, sometimes I'll put it on Facebook, hey, uh, and it's usually my Quest brothers, they jump right on it, kazak, they are down. And I'm, uh, I'll, I'll say, hey, you know, like my son, he went out on the retreat. And I was like, hey, uh, my Quest brothers, I'm heading out to the woods. I'm going to be praying for my son. Uh, you know, if you guys would pray and, and people was like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, it was awesome. I was able to see who was awake, who was, who was willing to stay awake. And that's fine. That's fine. It was great. It was fun. It was awesome. God gave me a word for my son. Uh, I loved it. But then my daughter, just two weeks later, went on the, uh, the retreat here, too. I did the same thing. Now, here's what I don't suggest anybody do, um, but it always works for me. Now, this book is alive. This book is alive. And this is what I do. I put my hand over my Bible, and I said, God, I know you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, you're gonna make something happen. I'm going to open this thing up, and the words are going to come alive. There's going to be a word in here. I believe that there's a word in here for me. It's got my name on it. But I know that there's a word in here for Claudia. It's got her name on it. And I want that word. I'm like, God, I love Claudia. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's funny. But what if she's not? <laughs> what if I'm biased? What if I'm biased and I think that my daughter is so cute, but she's ugly? <laughs> what if I think she's funny, but she's not? She's horrible. What if she's a terrible person? I'm like, God, you know, what do you say about her, you know? Like, I think she's great, but what do you say about her? I'm like, God, what do you say about her? I put my hand over the Bible, and I open it up. I was like, I'm just going to trust you. And then uh, it, it went to Luke 8, starting in 40. It says, now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him. And uh, for they were all expecting him. The man named Jairus, ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl about 12, was dying. I'm like, Lord, that's <laughs> not the direction I thought we were going. And you read on, it says... Uh, Jarius, uh, one, of his, one of his people came to him, came running up to him. 
Uh, da, 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 da. Let me see. Someone touched me, a woman singing that she couldn't go. He said to her, Follow your faith in you. Okay, okay. In 49, it picks up while Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Okay, there's a couple problems here. One, Jairus showed up by himself. Why is he by himself? Everybody's at the house. How come he don't have nobody that's like, yo, don't worry about it. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with you. I got you. No matter how dark this gets, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to help you find Jesus. Because by now, Jesus has done so many miracles, has preached the word and done so many things. What's the likelihood that you're going to be able to find him and get to him? No, we need to, we need to, we need to form a team. We need to get there. All of us need to get there. Why? Because your daughter means that much to me too. I look at your daughter as my niece. I'm not going to let you go out there by yourself. Why is he by himself? And then somebody comes up, hey, she's dead, man. Leave the teacher alone. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. When he arrived to the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Dang. Just the father and mother, that's it? No uncle, no aunts, no best friends? Because they're asleep. It's not important to them. That's not in here, that's not in any scriptural context, none of that. That's what I'm saying. They laughed at Jesus. Jesus, he said, stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead, but he took her hand and he said, my child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to get her something to eat. His parents, her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what happened. So I'm like, God. That's an awesome word all of a sudden, because, because that, in that story, there is a father who's pursuing Jesus on his daughter's behalf. I was a father pursuing Jesus on my daughter's behalf. I didn't hunt that scripture out. I just simply opened this book and just trusted God. He's like, hey, this is what's going to happen. Don't worry. And by the way, your daughter's awesome. And by the way, it doesn't matter. There's people going to be laughing at her. People ain't going to think of nothing about her. But guess what? I say she's alive. So it doesn't matter what anybody else says about her. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about her. It matters what Jesus said. I'm like, Lord, that's an amen. That's a promise. That's something I could live with. That's something I could chew on. That's something I could take to the bank. So I tell my daughter, guess what? Jesus thinks you're just as awesome as I do, even more so, because he took the cross for you, baby. We can't fall asleep, man. We can't fall asleep. You got to stay awake, because somebody is going out right now to talk to Father God and they're praying that you're also praying and are awake. They need you. They need you. And when they come back, 
and I'm guilty of it too. I was in uh, prison and I was talking to a guy and he had, he had a situation going on. Man, Yago, will you pray for me, blah, 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 because here's the situation. I was like this, man, I'm awful at that because I usually forget. So while we were praying, I was like, God, I love my brother so-and-so and I know he's going through this situation, da, 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 da. Will you do me a favor and remind me before I go to bed to pray for him and then remind me in the morning to pray for him because you know I'm going to forget, God. You know I will. And he was laughing while we were praying and, he, and it was true. It was like just before I went to bed, I was like, oh, got to pray for my man. Yep, absolutely. I'm not asleep, Lord. I'm not asleep. I know that he is stressed out beyond belief. I know that he's going out to the garden and he's seeking you and he's just like, man, I hope Yago's awake, man. Yago say he's going to be awake. And and then when I come back, be like, oh, guess what? Y'all, I'll be like, hey, man, don't worry. I was awake the whole time. I was awake the whole time. I was praying with you. I was praying on your behalf. I did not forget and I did not fall asleep. And he's like, good, thank you. Because guess what? They slid my papers under, under, the, uh, under the door and I'm getting out in March. So... The, the thing that I really wanted um, to challenge all of us with is to really be intentional about how we serve those around us. Jesus Christ is our example. He's our example. But just like David was our example with Bathsheba, don't do that. You guys know that, right? Don't do that? Okay. These disciples in this situation are our example also. Don't do that. You know, you got people that's really counting on you. You got people that are counting on you. And they're counting on your faith because their faith might be shaky. They might be stressed out. They might, they might need that angel of the Lord to strengthen them just like Jesus did. But they might not know how to ask for it. They're trusting you, and God's trusting you. God's trusted you with his word. He's trusted you with his son's heart, and he's trusted you with his son's gift. Salvation, absolutely, but blessings, spiritual healings, these kind of things. And you've got to stand in the gap, and you've got to stay awake, and this has to mean everything to you. Because if it's not going to mean anything to you, then you're telling me that, G- that God watched his son go on that cross for nothing. If it doesn't mean that much to you, then you are asleep. And I'm not. I love you guys. I love, I love what we do here. But there is so much more that we need to be doing. There's so much more that we need to be doing. The mantle is on us because we are able, we are capable, we have the authority that Christ died to give us. And we need to start walking in it. And if we're not, then that is squandering the greatest gift God gave us. And that is his son. So that's my challenge to everybody here. Stay awake. If you got somebody that's leaning on you, stay awake. Don't go to sleep. 
Don't have a lackadaisical attitude towards somebody else's spiritual walk because it matters. It matters. Lord God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for my brothers. I thank you for your word. And I thank you that while we were sinners, you came after us, Lord. I thank you that while we were lost, you came after us. I thank you that while we were screaming out your name, you heard us and you came after us. I thank you that you never abandoned us. Your word says you will never leave nor forsake us. And I thank you that you send people our way that will never fall asleep, Lord. You send people in our circle that will love us, that will encourage us, that will be there for us, that will hear from you on our behalf, Lord, that take our lives just as seriously as you do, Lord, and take our concerns and our prayers just as seriously as you do. I thank you that you send us brothers that are built for adversity. And I thank you that in Jesus' name, as we leave here today, we have a brand new fire for you and for your causes and for your children, Lord God. I thank you that your light lives inside of us, Lord. I thank you that your passion lives inside of us, Lord. I thank you that when you call people to us, that you give us a word in, in due season that's exactly what they need to hear, Lord. I thank you that when you set somebody in front of us, that you give us also the wisdom and the word that, that's going to penetrate their heart and bring them to a relationship with you, Lord God. I thank you that in Jesus' name, every time you give us a word for somebody that they receive, it, Lord. I thank you that in Jesus' name, when you give somebody else a word for us, that we receive it, Lord. I thank you that in Jesus' name, we know that your, your word says that you have life for us and that we would have it abundantly, that you have nothing but blessings, no cursings. We, we uh, absolutely stand against that in Jesus' name. We lift up everybody that is uh, leaning on us. Uh, uh, we lift them up to you because you know exactly where their cares are. We know ex you know exactly what's going on with, in their families, at their jobs, with their friends, with their addictions, Lord. Everything that is not of you is crushed in Jesus' name. Everything that is not of you has been washed clean by the blood of Jesus. Jesus that was shed on that cross over 2,000 years ago, and we take it. We love you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we thank you, and we bless you, and we honor you. In Jesus' name.